Hey everybody, Tyler here, introducing our September episode. We were back in September at the Stray Cat Theater, and a special thank you to Andrew, who keeps the doors open and the lights on and allows us to present uh, such fun and uh, inviting events like the one we just did. You'll notice in this episode, the crowd was much, much larger. We had an almost sellout crowd at the Stray Cat And we would expect about the same crowd next month as we introduce Screen and then offer the vaguely academic chatter you're used to hearing about one of our favorite movies, Ghostwatch. Until we get to October, though, sit back and enjoy the creepy spirals and all the comedic question mark uh, hijinks that come along with tonight's episode of Uzumaki. We hope you enjoy... Stay tuned for the episode. So before we get things started, uh, who saw Uzumaki for the first time today? Anybody here? What'd you guys think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is 100% uh, exactly how I responded when uh, Oren was like, hey, man, we should totally do an episode about Uzumaki. And I was like, Uzu what? And uh, he, you know, pointed me in the right direction. And I was like, I don't know what I watched. Uh, I thought it was pretty cool, though. So before we get into that discussion, though, uh, my name is Tyler Unsel. Name's Oren Gray. And uh, we are the Horror Pod Class. So uh, welcome to tonight's episode. Uh, it is released on every kind of uh, possible podcatcher that you can think of. And essentially, tonight's shtick, for the next 45 minutes or so, uh, Oren is the knowledgeable guy, all right? He is always going to be the one that has all of the information. And I am a teacher, so it will be my job. I will attempt to answer tonight's essential question using the knowledge that Oren has and will bring to the discussion. Uh, we won't answer the question. We never no, we've do. we've never once uh, answered the question. Yeah, we, we attempt and we try, but <laughs> mostly we get derailed talking about the stuff uh, that we really like to talk about. So that leads us to tonight... Andrew? (laughs) Very good. So tonight's show will be broken up into essentially uh, three different areas, all right? We're going to tell you a little bit about what we've been watching, what we think you should check out, too. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit about Junji Ito. Uh, By a little bit, I mean a lot. Probably a lot, yeah. And uh, then we will attempt to discuss why spirals are so intimidating and scary, especially as they were used in this movie. So... That being said, Oren, what uh, what have you been watching? Well, um, so I caught Barbarian, uh, which oh, everyone yeah. uh, should catch, but like, do it as cold as possible. I'm not going to tell anything about it, except that like, 90% of the fun of it comes from not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. So I feel like, don't read any spoilers or anything, because it's a lot of fun to watch when it, you're off on the wrong foot. Yeah. I might add, uh, it's got Justin Long in it, Yeah, and I, I have not seen it yet, but I have heard, if you have seen the movie Tusk, it is just as bizarre and weird as that Justin Long feature. I uh, yeah, much yeah, better yeah. than Tusk. <laughs> um, but, like, I really admire Justin Long's dedication to, like, always playing this, like, weaselly piece of shit that no one likes yeah. in everything. Like, it's amazing how just dedicated he is to being, like, this horrible guy who is kind of weaselly and bad. Yeah, yeah. It's very good. 
And by all accounts, that is exactly his character in that. Yeah. Very good. What else? Uh, so I also I, I read uh, Departures, which is this sort of... Um, it sort of sits right on the edge of like horror fiction and bizarro fiction. The guy who wrote it, uh, Scott Cole, he came from kind of the bizarro sort of scene, and so a lot of the stories are like uh, they're like if like an episode of the Tales from the Dark Side or Twilight Zone or something was from a world where more absurd things were normal for horror. Okay. Um, and so it was it was very good. Um, so I would recommend that. I also saw um, Horror in the High Desert, uh, which is this mockumentary film that was made during the pandemic. Um, and so, like, the gimmick is this hiker uh, goes dis- disappears in the high desert, and the the movie is like this documentary crew trying to figure out what happened to him, basically. Oh, okay. um, but the the fun thing about it is because it was made during the pandemic, there's literally never even two people on screen at the same time. <laughs> all it's, right. it's almost entirely talking heads, which is weird to make a horror movie with, but it kind of works. It doesn't really stick the landing, but it's fun up until then. Is it found footage? Uh, I mean, basically, like, so okay. it's it's like it's it's like you're literally watching a documentary. So okay. like, it's kind of found footage in that you know it's it's supposed to be cinema verite footage. Okay, I'll take it. So very good. Well, uh, I have been doing a lot this month, and I will try to synthesize it down into a handful of things. I just got back from Fantastic Fest, which is the uh, United States' largest genre film festival. It's at the Alamo Draft House in Austin, Texas. And it is an absolutely incredible festival. I cannot uh, discuss how much I love going to this thing every year. And I never can spend the whole time there because, you know, we all have day jobs and that kind of stuff. But I was able to see 11 movies in like four days. Absolutely bonkers stuff. The best of which, for the first time I think ever, was a mainstream movie. It's coming out in mid-November. It's called The Menu. It's got Anya Taylor-Joy and uh, Ray Fiennes. It is incredible. If you like uh, Top Chef or if you like like that kind of foodie culture while at the same time recognizing it's going to make fun of that, it is, it is the perfect thing for you. So keep an eye out for that as it comes later. Uh, I also saw uh, just a number of great things. If you like filmmaking, uh, I was just talking to Andrew in the back a while ago. There's a great documentary called Lynch Oz, which is a bunch of other filmmakers talking about how David Lynch uses The Wizard of Oz in his films. Amazing. 90 minutes of just me slack jawed, like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> really, really incredible. So, uh, and it's not on this list, but you mentioned a book. I'm reading Clay McLeod Chap- uh, Chapman's newest book uh, called Ghost. Oh no, I'm going to blank on the title now. Uh, it's Ghost Eaters, I believe. And it is about a drug that is like LSD, but allows you to see all the people that are haunting you. And I'm just down for the conceit. I'm like, yeah, all right. I, I would uh, probably take that drug. I think you would too, yeah? Can, can you then eat them? I don't know. I think I think that... You haven't gotten that far yet? Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm only me, about 40 pages in. Let me know, let me know in. if I can also eat them. That yeah. might be the deal breaker for me. Maybe they eat you. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, either way, it kind of sounds like fun, maybe. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But it's, uh, it's great. So I'll put all the other recs up on uh, the website so you can check them out later. Yeah. But I know Oren is dying to talk about Junji Ito. So, Andrew, let's give us our essential question, which is... Why are the use of spirals so unsettling in this movie that I have managed to completely butcher the spelling of there? I don't even know what that is. But... I was born in the 
これからお話しするのはこの町で起こった奇妙な話の数々ですこっちは渦巻きに呪われている。びっくりしたびっくりしたみたいだね怒ったのかいびっくりさせるのは僕の趣味なんだ渦巻き模様は人の目を中心に引きつける力がある物を集めてくるんだ溢れかえった渦巻きを見ている親父はよかった私はね小島さん Deep diving into, like, I don't know how you can organize your living environment、right. to better your feng shui. And、uh, you should never, like, have a doorway or have a mirror facing a toilet because a toilet represents a spiral and, like, all the, the good feng shui can go down the toilet then. So, I、Fair、think.、Enough. Yeah. That、okay. is、uh, more or less kind of basically why spirals are scary, maybe. No, probably not. But, no, no. But we'll, get, we'll get back more to them, I think, later. But they're scary because of Junji Ito,、yes. right? So, <laughs> next slide, please. Here's the first question. <laughs> Anybody remember who this guy Yes? That is、oh. Junji Ito. Very good. And you win your own very copy of the movie we just watched. Welcome, welcome. Yay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh,. I don't know, man.、Uh, you think,、uh, is he one to insert himself in movies like this?、So、or? I, I, I imagine that that was probably more the director than him, but I don't know. Yeah.、Um, <laughs> like, he definitely inserts himself into his manga sometimes. Like, there are, there are little like, autobiographical like, stories in the backs of the mangas sometimes and that、okay. sort of thing. So, maybe? All right, so let's talk about some of the mangas, shall okay, we? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Andrew? Uh, before we get there, though, so, yeah,、um, give us the background. So, I mean, for those who don't know, and I imagine most of you are at least somewhat familiar with Junji Ito. And before we actually dig too deep, I want to、uh, talk to you. So, you had never seen Uzumaki before I brought it up. For no,、this. not at all.、Uh-uh. Um, it was a new watch for me. And you've never read the manga. Still, no,、uh-uh. right?、Uh-uh. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, if, if you are a fan of the podcast, you'll recognize <laughs> he's been trying to get me to read this,、uh, this Junji Ito novel,、uh, manga, whatever. Called the Drifting Classroom, and that's not Junji Ito, that's Katsuo Mezu. Oh, okay.、Actually. See, I mean, even worse.、Um, which、right. is the guy who was like Junji Ito's inspiration, basically. Okay.、Um, 
But uh, but yeah. So um, I derailed you. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> fine. Um, but anyway, Junji Ito has become a huge thing in the states um, in the last few years, uh, thanks in part to stuff like Uzumaki and Tomi, which is his other sort of big. Somebody uh, big had title. a Tomi shirt. Yeah, on. The Tomi yeah. shirt. Yes. Over there. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Um, but also, uh, um, you know, he's written a number of other things as well. Um, and Viz has been putting out a lot of his stuff in like nice, very nice hardcovers, which is great for people like me who have been into him for years because before this I had to either read like shitty paperbacks that I got off of, you know, God knows where yeah. or scanlations on the internet. So nice hardcovers is a big step up. Um, but yeah, so he, he was uh, a big, he's a big creator in Japan along with um, Katsuo Mezu and Hideshi Hino, who are kind of the big three of like horror manga. Um, and the other two are sort of predate him, although Hideshi Hino is still working. Uh, and um, he's, you know, been publishing since the 80s. Yes, I had yeah, to look at my own notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, he. he um, the, the relevant thing about this movie, and this movie specifically, and the manga it's, in, it's adap- adapting, is that uh, the movie came out before the manga was finished. Huh, okay. Um, so the manga was still being published. It was, it's pub- it was published serially. And it's, cool. it's broken up into a bunch of sort of vignette stories. Like, it tells one big overarching story, but each... So, like, the snails part is, like, one story. The, the, the hair part is, like, one story. You know, each one, they were published separately over the course of months. Um, and it was still going on when the movie was made. So the movie is maybe about a third of the manga... Okay. Um, most of the stuff that happens in the movie happens in the manga. Not everything, like the reporter characters added and some other stuff. But, um, but it's a, a tiny fraction of where the manga goes, and it also ends completely differently because the manga hadn't ended yet right. when the movie was made. And so the the movie's ending is not how the manga ends at all. The manga goes much much bigger. Oh wow! All uh, right. Much much bigger. <laughs> nice. Very good. Well, and if you remotely liked this movie, uh, the folks at Adult Swim have been trying to put together their version of this film. And from everything that we've been able to gather, it's going to borrow some of the imagery, obviously, because it you know uses the manga as its source right. material. But it, it speaks to kind of that larger... Right. That's, that's what has taken so long, is they have to kind of create this new ending that is going to be much larger in nature. Yeah. So. I, I gather that the so it's going to be an animated yeah. one, and yep. it, I gather it's going to be closer to where, where the the manga actually eventually goes. Because like I said, this is I get about the first third yeah. or so, and it's a tight like it's a tight film, right? Like it begins and it ends in the same village, and we kind of get yeah. that. Uh, the manga never leaves the village either. Oh, okay. It Very just good. gets real weird. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> love it. I can't imagine. Speaking of real weird. Uh, Let's talk some about all of the stuff uh, that Jinji Ito has produced, right? Yeah. We clearly have talked about Uzumaki, and I think the the kind of spiral uh, that we see on T-shirts and everywhere else. Before I had ever watched Uzumaki, I had seen that image, right? And I was like, oh, that is terrifying and messed up. Oh, my gosh, right? Yeah. And I, I think has come to be its own kind of pop culture reference, Yeah. I mean, I think I think one of the reasons that uh, Junji Ito is so popular is he has this knack 
that I've never really seen anyone else do, um, where he can take an image that is shocking or, or startling or surreal or scary or whatever, and in in a movie, it would be the kind of image you would see really briefly. Like, you would get a flash of it, and then it would be gone, because that would be the only way it wouldn't lose its punch. But in a manga, you have to keep the punch somehow, so you can keep staring at it, and it can keep being shocking. And he manages to do that, which is why we have stuff like this, like, on shirts and on things from people who probably have never even read the thing it's from in some cases, just because the image itself, like, works all by itself without a story around it. Yeah. Well, in, in many ways, right, these singular images that we see on, on comic pages, on manga pages, want us, they, they want to tell a story, right? right. I want to know what the heck is going on with her face, right? right. I want to know what is the story that leads us to this place. Yes, we love audience participation. You're talking about Tommy. Uh, yeah. The Tommy one, yeah. Yeah, right? But it's uh, in that way, dare I say, has anyone here seen Malignant? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like uh, immediately when I was reading up on Tommy, I was like, oh man, yeah. there are a whole lot of parallels between another one of our favorite movies, I think, from last yeah. year, right? Yeah. We all love a rogue tumor that happens to be, uh, you know, also. Oh, I'm, I'm very sure that James Wan is a Junji Ito fan. Oh, yeah, James 100%. Wan and Junji Ito make total sense. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about this particular image that we see right here. Because, at least in my mind, there are a lot of Ito stuff is ooey and gooey and. <laughs> biological and, and like gross, right? And I will say, uh, in Uzumaki, I don't know if we get a ton of that. And in, in the movie. Yeah, in the movie, not in not in the manga. No, no, no. In, in the movie we just watched. Yeah, and, and I kind of like this, right? This is visceral and yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it's definitely gross. The story it's from is also very gross. Uh, do you know, can you give us a little yeah, bit of so the like, story the, that's from? So the, the, the thing that's happening in this picture is exactly what it looks like. Like, the, 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 the story is this guy who works in a, and there's this family, and they work in a, a kitchen, essentially. They, they cook for a living, and so they have a lot of grease, right? And they get increasingly greasy. And the, the boy uh, gets lots of acne and so forth, and he gets kind of obsessed with this and just gets more and more less like we're rubbing grease on his body on purpose and stuff. Oh, yeah, as he, one does. Yeah. Until he is covered and squeezes his face onto his sister, I believe is who it is. It's oh, been a while since I read the story. Man. Um, so I may be missing details, but that's the gist of Greased. Um, and like, so one of the things that we get in Uzumaki and that, that runs through almost all Junji Ito stuff um, to greater or lesser extents. Like, some of them are much more straightforward stories, and some of them are much more like Uzumaki. Um, but there's this idea that, like, obsession comes from outside you in some weird way. Like, okay. you, you can, you can, like, we have, we have this idea, right, that we're all in control of ourselves, that, that, we make, that we make our choices, we decide what we like, we decide who we are, what we do, etc., but throughout all of his stuff, there's this idea that an outside force can change you, first mentally and then eventually physically, um, turn you into a snail, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 
you know, and it runs through so many of his races. It's in Tomi, it's in Uzumaki, it's in a ton of his stuff. Um, and he presents it in this really compelling way that makes it, um, you know, feel a lot more real and feel a lot more uh, scary and unsettling than yeah. we normally get with this kind of story where, like, the idea of, you know, the idea of the sort of the, the I don't know, the Lovecraftian entity that drives you mad or whatever. Sure, right? it's, yeah. it's an old hat idea, but the idea that a thing that's outside of you can change you and that maybe you're not really in charge of you like you thought you were is, you know, a much more compelling sort of cosmic horror yeah. idea. Well, and, and inherently, I think... Uh, one of the things I found so striking, right? At the end of this movie, we see the rifling of a bullet, right? and Or of a gun, right? And in that way, the, the spiral is weaponized throughout, you know, the, the movie that we just watched. And I, I couldn't help but make greater connections to uh, war and dropping bombs. And then, as you connect it to the idea of nature changing us, right? Makes me think of radiation and, right. and like, this unseen force that turns us into something fundamentally different. And I don't know, like that type of body horror is super effective in creeping me out. You know, like (laughs) wake up one day and like, what, you're a snail or something, you know, like, uh, yeah. And I think that kind of visceral body horror is, is exactly what I was going for. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Uh, you, uh, yeah, that's good. Sure. Yeah. Works for me. All right. (laughs) Uh, no, no, you're, you're good. good. Yeah, you're good. You're we good. we would we have a lot sit of here. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit. Do you know anything about Gyo? Gyo, yeah. So Gyo is maybe Shinjito's weirdest. You look at that. That thing um, is bizarre, right? Weirdest also terrifying. Manga. So like, I don't even know how to describe the plot of it, but like, it involves these weird little mechanical crab leg things that attach themselves initially to fish. And uh, the fish, as they... The fish are dead. Um, and as the fish decay, the gases in their bodies power the little crab leg things. And so they crawl up on land and start spreading and reproducing and eventually get a hold of people. Yeah. Um, that's wild. <laughs> and I, I've never thought, when I was preparing an episode about Junji Ito, that I would make a connection to Toy Story. But I think it's Toy Story 3... <laughs> That the bad guy is like a doll and he's got like kind of spider legs and you know whatever. I was like, Jesus, what 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 goon in the Toy Story animation department is like? I'm gonna sneak in some Junji Ito <laughs> to completely freak out a generation of children. But yeah, I mean, yeah. really, really good stuff, but yeah. also scary as heck. So yeah, yeah, I love it. So uh, how about Dissection Chan? D- Dissection Chan. So yeah. Dissection, yeah. So that one's um, these are. So Gyo is another uh, novel-length story. It's, it's long, like Uzumaki or uh, or Tomi. Um, dissection is another short story. It's uh, it's about this girl who is like obsessed with dissecting um, animals, like okay. frogs and and you know whatever whatever she can get a hold of. Um, she's like a little girl. Um, okay. And as she gets older, she eventually again I'm gonna I'm gonna super simplify this story. But as she gets older, she she eventually gets obsessed with the idea of being dissected herself instead. Um, and so when she finally she she when she finally dies, um, it she's been trying to dissect herself. Like when they show her corpse, it's it's all cut up. She's been trying to dissect herself. And when they dissect her, they find all these animals that she's been dissecting. Her organs have turned into them. Oh. So her organs are like a frog and a mouse, and like a centipede. 
and nice. so on. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and finally, over here on the bottom right, Doctor Suka's uh, villa is his newest one, right? I, I so it. Um, I haven't actually read, but it should be out in Black Paradox, which is coming out in English in October, I believe. October 25th, I think. Nice. Just in time for Halloween. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, here's your prime opportunity to catch, I think, the cutting edge of creepy, the the cutting edge of what it is to be uh, writing horror. It's such good stuff. Yeah. And it's still coming out. It's still here. Yeah, that's great stuff. And there's a ton of stuff they haven't translated still. Like, one of my favorites, uh, Mimi's Ghost Stories, has still not gotten translated into English. Um, it's It just got translated into, like, Spanish, which I'm mad about because I want it in English. Dang it, I can't read go Spanish any more than yeah. I can Japanese. Yeah. Um, uh, well, it's a good place to start. It's a good reason to do that, I guess. Yeah. I know we have some Ido fans in the audience. Have we missed maybe one of your favorites or another one that you would like to bring to our attention? Yes, please. My actual favorite is Cat Diary, and the reason I love it is because it's a slice of life story. Nothing about it's literally about him moving in with his future wife and their cats, but it's drawn in that style. Yeah. So you get these really horrifying frames of like he finds a cat and he's got like the strings between his knees. He's like, oh, and I'm like, I recognize that because I do that when I find my cat and I'm like <laughs> kissing on her and she's just like, I love it. But I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. The the one about the model. Give us uh, maybe <laughs> like thirty um, seconds of the plot. So it's this really tall model that is auditioning for this movie, and it's like you look at the picture and it's like, how is this girl like supposed to be a model? She's like super tall, like ten feet tall, with spiky um, teeth, and like basically she's like supposed to be ugly. Okay. And so she gets picked for this movie because nobody else would want it, like for a horror film. And when they get to the set, like she eats like the, <laughs> the girl that's supposed to be the main character, and because she wants to be the star. Sure, as one does. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Very good. Probably has a lot to say about Hollywood and everything else. <laughs> Very good. Well, these are just like a handful of the cells that we had that we kind of picked through. So there's a lot more to look there's at. Tons. And we'll, we'll throw a lot more up uh, uh, with the show notes when it comes out yep. with the podcast. So next. Oh, yeah. Well, shoot. I added more. even more. Yay. Uh, honored Ancestors. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and explain this one. <laughs> okay. Um, it's really cool, though. Read it. Uh, but I, I can't even. Yeah, man. I think, <laughs> like, at the end of the day, right, we can look at all of this and see some reoccurring themes. The dude really likes snakes or millipedes or, like. Who doesn't love millipedes? Yeah, that's true. And that scene is rough in Uzumaki, man. <laughs> like, I don't know if you guys are the same way I am, but I don't like. The idea of a bug crawling in my ear is close enough to reality that, uh, yeah, right? Like, yeah. makes me want to sleep with a pillow yeah. over my head or something, yeah. right? So. And the sounds it makes, like, are horrible. Oh, like, yeah. The, the sounds the in Uzumaki's are all horrible. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So good. So good. All right, Andrew. Very good. So, I was trying to brainstorm ideas of why spirals are so scary or, like, the idea of what is it that kind of draws our attention to it. And it occurred to me, at least in pop culture, we never like, we never say spirals lead to something good. You know, <laughs> we, we're never like, uh, oh yeah, we're spiraling up into a uh, million dollars or whatever. 
it's always spiraling down. It's always, uh, you know, like circling the drain, right? Yeah. I, I have a, a doctor friend who will sometimes refer to people that are, are just like on the verge of dying. He calls them CTD, which is like they're circling the drain. We can't help them anymore, right? And I think it alludes to that idea that you talked about earlier, Orrin, a complete an utter loss of control, right? When a plane starts to crash, we say it is spiraling or circling down. Right. And uh, yeah, I think uh, you probably hammered it pretty good. Oh, and I think um, I think a reason that we uh, that they used it for this specifically story too is that you know spirals are associated with hypnotism. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, old old timey hypnotists. I'm wearing my goofy spiral glasses, but old timey hypnotists use the spiral boards. Like now we do the, the pocket watch, but they use spiral boards and things like that. And so the, the image of the spiral became associated with hypnosis, which is a loss of control. It's a loss of, you know, it's something else taking over your your autonomy. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So, Andrew. So also, uh, th- there is a fantastic podcast, much better than ours, uh, <laughs> called Weird Studies. Stop advertising for other people's podcasts. <laughs> hey, we are inclusive. We <laughs> encourage you to listen to Weird Studies and then listen to the horror podcast. But they have a fantastic episode about uh, the idea of a closed circuit, right, or a circle as opposed to a spiral, right? And their argument is spirals are inherently weird because they go outside of a closed circuit, right? Uh, A spiral staircase introduces something alien at the top or at the bottom, as opposed to a, uh, a circuit or a circle that is inherently inclusive of what's in it. You can't get out of it, and you can't get in it. But a spiral, and in that way, like, it is going to somewhere different, right? right. And I, I think the idea that a spiral in the movie that we just watched is itself the bad thing is super interesting yeah. because it's all alien then, right? Yeah. And we see lots of alien stuff come out of that. Specifically, let's talk for a moment about the the snail people, which I think is one of the scariest imagery uh, images of this particular film, Yeah. And I love the snail people. They're great. Yeah. Do you want to be a snail person? You want to be? You know. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. uh, They move real slow. They drink (laughs) a lot of water. They don't like to go out in public. I mean, I think both of us. I'm I'm probably pretty close. I know, right? right. <laughs> it's like, and you know what? If we are, we're better for it. I mean, uh, if my eyes could pop out, that would be cool. Yeah, like right. That. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think spirals also often represent the idea of devolution or evolution. The idea that we are spiraling to something new, or if we are spiraling spiraling the wrong way, we are devolving into something previous that we we had. So yeah, it's good. I think. The next one, yeah, all right. Our final, uh, our final trivia question of the night. This is a very famous spiral image from a marketing campaign for an HBO, I believe it's HBO, television show that has three seasons right now. Anybody have a guess for what that might be? Yes, it is True Detective, all right. So you win uh, a copy of Bung, uh, Bun Jun Ho's, I said that wrong, I Bung Jun Ho's Mother, uh, some really cool Christmas uh, number, or, uh, Friday the 13th stickers. We're very seasonal and, here. Uh, a great pin from Haya, which is a brand new uh, streaming service for folks that like 
martial art movies? I don't know. There was a big party at Fantastic Fest. Uh, I don't I don't love that kind of movie, but I, I was like, sure. I feel like you should have camped on the the, the uh, Friday the 13th. They are cute, right? Look at those stickers. They're adorable, They're great. But, but yeah. you should have saved them for the Christmas episode. Come oh, on. Oh, well, I'll just order some new ones. Yeah. <laughs> it, those are from Pixel Elixir, which does really incredible, really fun stuff like that. But yeah, I loved season one of True Detective. I hated season two and was lukewarm about season three. But it's this kind of image at the end of the at the end of the series that we get projected up into the sky of essentially a spiral that you would see from Uzumaki that immediately when I saw like they do the whole smoke in the crematorium mm-hmm. scene, I'm like, I've seen that before. <laughs> I've seen that before in this really, really interesting show. So next. Yeah, so uh, in True Detective, the name of the, the group, the, like the bad pedophile ring or whatever, uh, is called the Crooked Spiral. As opposed to the good pedophile ring? No, did I say the bad one? Yeah. You did, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I meant the bad comma, also a pedophile ring, right? But it's loosely based off of something as like a conspiracy theory kind of idea mm-hmm. called the, the Franklin Group or the Franklin Conspiracy, which is the idea that there is this super uh, elite wealthy group of people that are, you know, abusing kids and they're all over the country. And the idea that, you know, ultimately everything spirals up to them, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, yeah. And then finally, the last thing I wanted to talk about in terms of Uzumaki as something scary was the idea that we never know where that spiral really comes from. Do we? So uh, not in the movie, certainly. In the manga, we get a better idea. Okay. Um, I'm not sure that it's... I'm not sure that it answers more questions than it creates. Okay. But I mean, you you do get definitely a better explanation for what where the spiral comes from. But interestingly, uh, it ties into the non-Euclidean geometry thing that you bring up there. Oh, all right. So, um, yeah, the the where the spiral comes from is definitely tied into the idea of like. Would it be like a big spoiler? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, there? I mean, right. It 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 would. It is literally the end of the manga. So. Oh, okay. Um, but but it definitely ties into like. You know, like this kind of cyclopean architecture that, like Lovecraft talks about yeah. in Call of Cthulhu and that kind of stuff. Very good, right? So inherently, those are all things that we find organically, right? Like they are things that pre-existed or are larger than ourselves. And in that way, I found a real connection to a subgenre called the new weird. Right? You want to give us a little rundown of what the new weird means to you? <laughs> I'm glad you added the to me because if otherwise, no, I could not. <laughs> I could not because I, like I've read, I've read the books on it, but I still honestly couldn't tell you really where the new weird, how about you do it actually? Nah, all right. Well, um, I will give you a terrible definition. Cause I really don't know how the different, what the difference between it and the regular weird is. Yeah. Honestly. So the new weird is a subgenre, probably uh, most associated with a writer named Jeff Vandermeer. Right. Uh, and, He's written a series of novels. Uh, I won't tell you the first one because it's going to be in the next slide. But uh, it's the idea that something in nature triggers a response so that nature is no longer a bystander. That it is somehow this like force that is working to oppose human beings. Or even like even in a larger sense, it like is beyond human beings, right? right? It's it's the idea that Mother Gaia not only is pissed, but Mother Gaia doesn't care about us anymore. Right. And as a result, she's taking shit over and doing what needs 
uh, to happen to continue its existence, right? And it's in many cases like reabsorbing us. Or yeah, something. yeah, back into this fold, right? So we get a lot of in new weird imagery. We get a lot of ooey gooey, like organic, like uh, devolution back into this kind of primordial ooze and pool and that kind of stuff. So, I don't know. I think that works pretty well with Uzumaki. Yeah, yeah and again, it, it works even better with the manga, actually, where the, where the manga eventually goes. So Nice. Yeah, and, and real briefly, the, uh, the kind of alien geometry of things, can you give us a little bit maybe discussing that trope and, and how we see it sometimes? I mean, um, you know, I, with, with Lovecraft specifically, it was always like, uh, these these sort of ruins from you know prehistoric times um, that were built by usually aliens or something um, that were you know so large and so and built in such a way that humans would never have built that way like they were too large for one thing but also they were they were their angles were wrong um, they they didn't make sense to our understanding of mathematics or physics or whatever. Yeah. Um, and it was this you know it was just this idea that you could convey in architecture or in in geometry uh, an idea that we couldn't wrap our heads around. Yeah. Um, which I mean, which you also got into a lot with geometry, like Dreams in the Witch House, for example, where it's like you know literally you can turn a corner. And if you turn a corner enough times, you go into another dimension, basically. Like, corners have more than four corners in them. Yeah. Um, and so things good. like that. Yeah. So uh, probably the biggest example that I could come up with, which is my favorite, I could talk for hours, it could be its own episode, is a book called House of Leaves. And yeah, uh, yeah yep. yay! We have, that's my favorite book. Yes, it's, it's incredible, right? And it's yeah. got the same sort of thing about like, what I love about Doom to Ito is that here's this thing, it's not ever explained you get to do the work and then you're like yeah yeah we're we're just here for it right (laughs) the central premise of house of leaves and i won't tell you anything about it other than family moves into a house they're trying to remodel it they do measurements inside and outside of the house and they realize that the inside of the house is like six inches bigger than the outside of the house and then the once they realize that the dimensions of the house continue to change i would also argue there's a lot of imagery of spirals or mazes or yeah, whatever mazes absolutely and uh, yeah leaves you in the same kind of headspace i think that uh, this particular movie yeah. did so very good all right so we have reached that point in the episode where if you liked this movie Oren and I are going to recommend some other films that we think would make really great double features. Yeah. Oren always has really cool shit. I always have really generic stuff. So You picked a really good one this time. I don't know. But no, uh, we'll I, I think you did. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> Throwing me that bone, Oren. Thanks. No, I'm serious. I, you really did a good... Uh, in the Mouth of Madness is a great one. All right. That's, so a, that's a great pick. Talk to us about both of these movies of which I have not seen. <laughs> so Long Dream, no one has seen. So don't feel bad. Long Dream is like an hour-long movie. It's by the same director who made Uzumaki. It's also an adaptation of a Shinji Ito story. Nice. Um, it's basically the director's only other work. Um, and I think that this director really does a good job adapting Shinji Ito. Um, he does a good job of... You can't really put on screen what Shinji Ito puts in yeah. the manga. You can't do that on screen. That won't <laughs> we work. have seen a lot of the manga to right. yeah, drive um, that home. But he does things to replicate that sense of like surreal wrongness oh. that those images generate. Okay. And we see a lot of it in, you know, in, in Izumaki where he'll do 
you know, the weird, like, double exposures, or he'll do, like, the, the scene when the, when the mom sees the spiral and, like, her face deforms in that yeah. weird way, and, like, stuff like that. That's great. To try and emulate that sensation. And he does that well in both this and in Long Dream. So if you liked this, you'd, you'll also like Long Dream. It's similar. I like it. Um, Very good. And I have heard you talk about Matango. Yeah, Matango. If if oh my god, a billion times. I still have never seen it. But if, if it had uh, if it had an English language like high def release, we would be doing an episode of it. I swear to God, it's one of my favorite movies. So Matango is uh, a Toho adaptation by Ishiro Honda, the same guy who made Godzilla um, from 1963, of a William Hope Hodgson short story. And William Hope Hodgson, for those who don't know, was a precursor of Lovecraft. He was a, a weird fiction writer from the turn of the century who uh, wrote these like great nautical sea stories and his most famous story is The Voice in the Night which is about these people who get shipwrecked on an island that's covered in fungus they eat the fungus and turn into fungus people you can see the obvious parallels to Shunji Ito in this um, but like the movie not only has that but also it has a similar like visual aesthetic to this movie where everything is this kind of weird underwater green color that we oh, noticed nice. throughout Uzumaki where everything had that weird tinge to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it, it just looks similar. And to me, that that is the look of weird fiction on screen. Yeah. It's that kind of weird, Very cool. weird tinge. All right. Uh, so for my two, I picked In the Mouth of Madness, which is, of course, John Carpenter's final yeah. film in his Apocalypse trilogy. Uh, like, I picked it because I liked the idea that the spiral itself was like this virus, right? right? This thing that you could catch by looking at it wrong or by hearing about it. And that's essentially the the conceit of the the movie yeah. in The Mouth of Madness, this idea that if you read this book, it drives you insane, right? right. And, and something even deeper than that. Yeah. Uh, I also love that you mentioned what sets Ito apart from other horror people is that he presents the, the grossness but not in flashes, but rather in this like really specific long form way. And In the Mouth of Madness does both things, right? It shows you the grotesquerie over a long period of time. But we've talked about this in previous episodes. There's this brilliant flash of a scene in In the Mouth of Madness where you see all of the monsters charging towards our main character. And if you freeze frame it, they're brilliant and wonderful and great. But you just get this real brief flash of everything to be scared of. No, and I think that's, again, I think it's a great pick because it, it is that same sense where, like, there's this thing, spirals or Sutter Kane or whatever, that is outside of people that changes them first mentally then physically. Right, you have the the de-evolution into monsters that people do in 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 the mouth of Bandit. So I think it's I think it's an, a, a great pick. I wish I had picked it. So yeah, it's, it's really good. It, it is one of my favorite films of all time. So any any excuse to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> and finally, I have the 2018 adaptation of Jeff Vandermeer's first novel, Annihilation. Uh, first novel in, in this series. Yeah, it's first not, novel in the uh, what is it? It's the over, and that's not a, the area area X. X. Yeah, sure. Let's whatever. go with that. The area X trilogy. Uh, really ooey, really gooey, really captures the idea that there is something organic that is happening that is beyond our control. And eventually, uh, we either need to make peace with it or it is, you know, it's going to do its thing either way. So it doesn't matter if we make peace with it or not. But really fantastic film uh, by Alex Garland, who also did Ex Machina. And his newest is Men out by, or yeah, Men out uh, by A24 this year. So... Which, he's, is, which he is not a really fantastic film. I haven't seen it. It's it's not, not good. I and mean, it's not it's not terrible. It's not it's not <laughs> Annihilation or Ex Machina. All right, that's fair. They can't all be winners, okay? 
Very good. So our last thing tonight, ah, uh, if you, yep. <laughs> Can you click on that? Okay. D does it go somewhere? Yeah, can you can you click on it? Is it possible? Yeah. Does it go somewhere? What does it do? What did you do, Tyler? Oh, I hope it comes. I don't know. Uh, I'll I'll figure if it is if it's a dead link, I'll fix it. But uh, it's a it's a real restaurant that specializes in like Edo food, right? So they serve those actual fish cakes. It's all got this kind of creepy spiral vibe to it. Weird. So yeah, you guys can check I mean, it out. Those fish cakes are like a real thing, though. Like they're oh, yeah. they're they're like a common thing. There's a emoji of them. Yeah. Like. <laughs> so if if you like all of that, there are definite places that you can find it. So, all right. Not with our broken leg. Yeah. Ah, right. So. Oren, where can they find more of your stuff? Uh, as always, you can find more of my stuff at Oren Gray uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Letterboxd, all those places, and at OrenGray.com. And by the time we have another episode, I think, yes, hopefully, sir. fingers crossed, I will have my next collection of short stories out. Um, it may be after, because supply chain issues, but hopefully it'll be October 25th. Very good. Uh, and I will say, not not to brag on you too much, not to embarrass you too much, but uh, it was reading Oren's short stories, specifically his stories that were in The Year's Best Horror. Uh, I wrote a review about it, uh, his particular story that I, I was absolutely in love with. And uh, I will tell you, it's, it's a brilliant place to start. If you don't read horror fiction, particularly short horror fiction, uh, we got a real we got a real great author in town. So we are lucky to, to have him here. If you want to read more of my stuff, uh, I am the managing editor, editor-in-chief at Signal Horizon Magazine, uh, a magazine we started to celebrate talking about horror in intellectual ways to encourage kids to read because we're mostly teachers that work uh, at the magazine. So check out all of our stuff at Signal Horizon on Twitter, on Facebook. You can follow me specifically at Ty Unsel on Twitter where I mostly just like rage tweet about politics or horror or whatever because... It's a it's a hellscape. It feels a little bit less of a hellscape than it did a year ago. So we uh, we were just thrilled that we were back here. Just give it time. Yeah, that's right. The year is early. <laughs> Teaching just started six weeks ago. So yeah, but we absolutely hope that you come out October twenty seventh. Yes. I cannot talk to you about how sweet and lovely and scary and wonderful Ghost Watch is. Ghost Watch is so good. But uh, we yeah, very, very excited. We are gonna have a blast. I don't know what uh, what kind of hijinks that we're gonna do, but uh, I will also mention I'm very excited. It'll be the first time we will unveil our haunted book fair, which I've always wanted to do, like an adult version of Scholastic Book Fair, right? And so we are going to do that before the show. Uh, I think the show will probably be at 7. We'll open the doors at 6 so you can peruse our haunted book fair and maybe, I don't know, buy something for somebody for the spooky season. But, yeah, it should be an absolute blast. So, hey, thank you so much for uh, enjoying the show and uh, sticking around for the podcast. So we thanks so much, around. and we hope to see you October 27th. Yay! Are we clapping for ourselves I don't now? know. Is I, this what I, happens? I don't know. What have we become?